There are many different paths you can take, but there's only one road to Atlanta. The high drive deep out to left field. He clubbed it. Brady twisting and turning, looking up and giving up. It's a home run for Danby Swanson. Flair out towards shallow right. That's big trouble. Albies going back. He dives and he makes the catch. What a play, Ozzy Albies. Swanson is headed for three. He'll try for it inside the parker. Relay throw comes toward the plate. He'll score standing, and it's his second inside the park home run of the season. This is your weekly podcast dedicated to the Atlanta Braves farm system. Follow the show on Twitter at Road, the number two, Atlanta. Now, hit the road with your hosts, Eric Cole, Gaurav Vidak, and Garrett Spain. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Road to Atlanta, a podcast devoted solely to the Braves farm system and Braves prospects. I am your host, Eric Cole. You may recognize me from my work over on TalkingChop.com, where I've been the deputy site manager for the past two seasons. Well, two plus seasons, if you count this one, which we'll get into a little bit, and as well as the uh, minor league editor for the past five plus seasons. We are back. It's been a long hiatus for us. We haven't really been back since we've really talked much about the uh, the prospect list that we just came out with. Well, I say just that we came out with over the off season, but we have a lot to get caught up on, and we'll kind of get into kind of what these next two shows are going to be. But joining me to help me out to get through all this content is one Matt Powers. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Powers Thirty One, where he will, you'll get lots of draft information, uh, especially this time of year, which is going to be an exciting one. He seemed like the perfect guy to both kind of be able to plow through a lot of this uh, information that we're going to be hitting you with over these next two shows. Uh, as well as to kind of get you a lot of a lot of really fun information, Matt. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I mean, we're at least what less than two weeks away from getting something baseball related, even if it's not quite games just yet. Just the action that the draft will bring and the undrafted free agency, which should be an exciting time to watch what does and doesn't happen because it's not only going to affect. Major League Baseball in a significant way, but it's going to have a major impact on the college game for the next couple of years as well. Yeah, and we have we have a lot of baseball things to get caught up on. Um, but first things first, how are you doing in terms of being like you know whether it be sheltering in place or being quarantined? I know you had you actually had a couple like kind of scares along the way uh, related with your day job. I mean, everything going okay now? It seems like things are kind of settling down for you up at up there. Yeah, yeah, a uh, co-worker had tested positive. Uh, I was in New York City a couple of times, right in the middle of Manhattan, right when they had said everyone that is in there needs to quarantine for two weeks. That period ended on like a Friday for me, and that Friday afternoon I get an email from our HR that someone in our building who, uh, through the process of elimination, sits near me, uh, tested positive. So it was uh, an interesting few weeks, but at least the county where I live is going from completely locked down to just mostly locked down. Yeah, uh, things have been a little bit stranger here. I live in kind of a, not in the metro Atlanta area, but kind of just outside, so it's a slightly rural area, but I wouldn't call it like, you know, there's places in like south, 
you know, southwest Georgia and southern Georgia where it's like there's literally just nobody and, you know, a lot of some of those places, there's just no cases whatsoever. Where the county that I live in had, certainly had some uh, cases of COVID-19, but it wasn't nearly as bad as some of like the neighboring counties, like if you get for like a little bit closer into Atlanta. So I was, I was kind of fortunate in that regard. We have had some issues. Um, more recently, as things have started to reopen, that we've had some things that are a little bit closer to home that we're kind of trying to be extra careful about making sure that we don't have any issues. Uh, but it seems like for the moment anyway, everything's okay in that regard. Uh, everyone here is happy and healthy. Uh, everyone, my kids are, you know, getting tired of being shut in and not being able to go out and do stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're just trying to make sure that they're safe and they're, you know, we're not putting anyone in harm's way, especially my in-laws who have some pre-existing conditions. Uh, we want to kind of make sure that we can help them and take care of them if we need to without possibly infecting them. So, uh, I am, I like basically everyone is, are, is sick of life without baseball and not being able to do the things that they want. But, um, these are unique times that aren't necessarily uh, ones that are anyone's fault per se, but ones that do require our attention and our diligence in order to kind of, you know, make sure that we don't get sick and we don't get anyone else sick. So we're, we're doing our absolute best to do that. Uh, and hopefully, and things are kind of slowly kind of reopening here too. Georgia, the, the meme is that they kind of reopened way too fast. And I generally agree with that statement, but I also think that a lot of businesses just didn't do that. I think that they, you know, they might have been allowed to, but in a lot of places around, especially where I live, uh, a lot of places haven't opened up or they're still kind of operating in a very restricted sort of way. So I, I hope that everyone continues to make sure that they're taking the most precautions that they can uh, while being able to, you know, support their families, et cetera, et cetera. It's a kind of a complicated thing uh, anywhere. And especially for us, considering that, I mean, like one of our main jobs and you know important things in our lives is dealing with baseball and we don't have baseball per se to talk about we haven't seen there's not been a game in 2020 other than a few spring training you know scrim, you know skirmishes and it's tough without baseball man it sucks like it really really sucks and i was i'll you know i was an avid baseball fan when the strike happened and even then there was still news about baseball that was happening every day. There were still like some highlights that you could go back and look at from recent times that kind of you, that, that was a really weird time in baseball and it just, it feels like we were robbed of, uh, of a season so far. Um, overall, I mean, I guess we just need to kind of get into, we have a lot of things to get through and I want to explain what these next two shows are going to be. This show in particular is going to be getting caught up on all the, like the general minor leagues, uh, goings on. Uh, it's going to be a bit about minor, the minor league cuts that have been happening, uh, the minor league extensions that the, the the minor league extension that's happened. Uh, is there anything else that we never got? I feel like I was like I talked through three things and I'm forgetting something now. Extending the pay, the the players being cut. No, that was really it with uh, the minors. Oh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about minor league contraction, I guess, but that's kind of all folded in together. Um, okay, so, and our, just kind of our general thoughts on the minor league season as well is kind of what we think is going to happen. And then the second episode is just going to be all draft talk. That way you can kind of separate things out. If you really want to just get only draft stuff and kind of revisit it later, you can well, listen just listen to that episode. And if you want to get caught up on just minor league news type stuff, then you can listen to this one where we can sort of get a better sense as to, you know, what's going on with minor leagues without having to wade through a bunch of draft names and things like that. So, Matt, I just wanted to hit you with this first. Um do you think there is going to be minor league baseball in 2020? 
minor league baseball or minor league baseball as we know it. Because I would bet my life savings that there is no minor league baseball as we know it. But if we have a big league season, there will absolutely be something that we've probably never seen before. Because if you're the Braves and one of your starting pitchers goes down, you need to have that depth ready just to be able to step right into the rotation. And without some kind of a prospect, depth league, whatever you want to call it, going, essentially a AAA type of level, you don't have that ready and waiting to go. And it's just throwing somebody randomly right into the mix for a team that might be competing. So teams, I don't think, can really afford that if they want to actually win this year. So there will be something, I think, if there is Major League Baseball, but it won't be anything like what we're used to. And you might even see some prospects thrown onto that team, guys that might have even been in low A or high A mixed in with some of those guys that would be in that double and triple A levels just to get them some extra time since otherwise their season would be completely washed out. See, I, I... I'm with you completely. Like whatever, like whatever you're used to, whether you know, whether it be you know, triple A, double A, all that stuff. I don't think that 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 type of minor league baseball is going to happen this year. I don't think it's financially feasible. Uh, logistically, it's kind of a nightmare, especially when they're like they're, they're having trouble even just getting the logistics of getting all the major league teams on getting all the major league teams on the same page in terms of what they want to do in making games happen. I don't think that it's necessarily worth it on some levels to do that in the minor leagues. Uh, what I could see happening is kind of a, a couple different things. I think that that triple A higher level developmental type league, you know, that, that's, that, that's where you, your call ups come from and all that. I, I agree a hundred percent with you. I think that there's going to be something like that. I don't know if it's even going to be against other organizations. It might just be scrimmages like, you know, inner squad type scrimmages in which to just kind of keep guys in shape, make sure they're healthy and all that stuff. But I also could see another like lower level developmental league because what you don't want to happen in this particular situation is have a bunch of the younger guys just lose, completely lose developmental time. Um, there's a bunch of guys in the, particularly in this system that are raw and need some like hands on instruction. Now, where that, where and how that happens depends a lot on, you know, you know, health guidelines and logistics, how much money the Braves are willing to actually put into uh, such, such a venture is another big part. Um, you know, what coaches are going to need to be brought in and what kind of systems they're going to want to have in place. There's a lot of legwork behind the scenes that I think is going to be required, but I do, I do see a situation where they could have like two different sort of de- developmental kind of complexes, I guess, where there's a lower level one. Maybe that's where all your guys are rehabbing to. And then you have all those younger guys kind of scrimmaging against each other. And then you also have a different sort of upper level where you're kind of making sure that guys are stretched out properly, where they can go six, you know, pitchers can go six innings. Guys are used to playing nine innings, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas in the lower levels, it's much more like kind of an instructs type atmosphere, um, except with maybe some more obviously geared towards a longer season as opposed to instructs, which is just, you know, a pretty short time period sort of thing. So I could see all of those things happening. Uh, I could also see nothing, ha- I could see nothing happening and that there's just going to have to be like some, maybe some, a smaller version of what you were talking about, just having some players. I'm curious as to how rosters are going to work if a 2020 major league season happens. Like, are you allowed to carry more than, you know, the normal roster limits to kind of offset these, cha- these issues that you may have with guys getting hurt? 
can you carry more of your guys from your 40 man than you would normally? Uh, how, you know, and there's, everything's kind of being negotiated as we speak. And I'm, I'm not going to necessarily re- revisit all the negotiations at the major league level regarding how money is being div- divvied because honestly, that's a level of complication that I don't think is helpful here. What I do think though is that the minor leagues pose a unique challenge in that there is a significant amount of overhead and their utility in season, depending on how you look at it, is, you know, development's very, very important. You want that year of development because you have guys that are under control, under your team control, and you want to build them up to a certain level each year. You want to get some, you want them to be better and better each year so that they're more valuable in any number of ways to your organization. And right now you have a lot of get a lot of young guys who aren't getting any instruction. And then you have some guys at, you know, the AAA level that you're not getting anything out of the big league club either. So you need to figure out a way to not just completely forfeit that value because that doesn't just, you don't just lose that in 2020. That can mess you up for years and years to come. And you need to, and I do think that the Braves are going to have to figure out a way to gain the value back in that regard. And, you know, for these guys too, you know, and we're going to kind of get into some things that are a little bit tougher to talk about. Is that they you only get one shot most of the time in the minor leagues. If you if you don't make it, you know, with your first organization, it is unlikely that guys who are signed as minor league free agents. It's highly, highly unlikely with another club, even if they were highly picked or whatever. If you don't make the most of that one chance and that 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 one track of development, your odds become much lower. So you, I think all these guys just want to be back in the gym. They want to be back on the field. They want to be getting coached. They want to be getting better. And I know a lot of folks are, a lot of players were just wishing they wouldn't be able to stay down in Northport or wherever just to, you know, be doing something while all this is going on. But obviously that wasn't going to happen. So that brings us to the news, the more recent news uh, of the day, and that is regarding the Braves' commitment to uh, continue to pay minor leaguers through the month of June. Uh, over the course of this, the pandemic, you know, the Braves had committed to paying everyone through May 31st. That obviously is a deadline that is coming up very, very soon. And they announced, I believe it was either yesterday or the day before, or I, they, at least it was reported that the Braves had committed to do through June and are going to kind of take it on a, you know, on a more, you know, short interim, short time period basis in terms of evaluating how much longer they're going to be able to do that. Uh, so first, are you surprised that the Braves had decided to uh, make that decision? It seems like all but one team so far has made that same choice. I, I'm not surprised at all. I would have been shocked if they made the other choice right now because any time where you choose not to do this two weeks ahead of the draft, you're sending a pretty bad message to any prospects that you're hoping to draft and or sign as undrafted free agents, especially in this marketplace where you can't really compete with other teams money-wise since that cap is pretty low, that $20,000 cap. So you need to attract them just like you are a college football or college basketball team trying to recruit them. And the look of not paying these players. Now, I think I'm going to be a lot more interested to see what teams across baseball do next month. If they continue paying after June or if they stop paying after June now that they're not trying to at least put on some front for these draft prospects. I think it'll be a mix. I, I hope that they continue to pay them because in reality, 
what you're paying these guys is pocket change compared to the contracts that you're buying out of some players that you don't even want to play for you. Guys that are on their second or third team after signing a big contract and just getting kicked around because there's still something left. But Matt Kemp, for example, Chris Johnson, guys like that. I mean, those guys got how many million dollars just because you didn't want them. So uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about because there's literally only the Oakland Athletics have declined not to pay their minor league years. And I have like some very special thoughts regarding how that was handled. But in general, whenever I like it was starting to be reported like, you know, that they, these, like, it wasn't just the Braves. Like, there was a lot of teams that were kind of being, like, announcing, like, hey, we're going to pay our t- minor leaguers through June. Like, it didn't even occur to me that they weren't going to, at least through the month of June, because for the amount of money you'd be saving by not doing it, the amount of public goodwill and value you get from keeping your players under contract, under terms that seem reasonable given the situation, it seems like a no-brainer. I mean, we're talking about even if you have 300, like, you know, 250, 300 major league, minor leaguers in your system and you're paying them $400 a week, you know, just to pay them, you know, during a season is like a couple million dollars, you know? And it's just, it's, it's so, it's not that much money when you factor in the fact that you're like, now you have guys, in, in the case of the athletics is really what I don't understand, is that you have guys who, you are forcing to stay under contract, which means, at least that's in my understanding, is that since they are under contract and are technically employed, even though they're not getting paid, they are not eligible for unemployment. It's a really scummy thing to do. And Oakland is rightly getting blasted for it. But I'm with you. I wonder how many, how long these, especially if these guys are not going to be in camp doing anything, if these negotiations continue to get be protracted, and they don't come to a decision about the 2020 season or they decide that they can't have it. I don't think, I mean, like we're seeing a certain amount of, you know, certain amount of altruism regarding making sure these guys are getting paid. But it's pretty clear that Major League Baseball is operating under the assumption that the owner's interests desperately need to be protected in this regard and that means that they're cutting costs everywhere you know between the draft going down the five rounds i honestly thought that we we knew that the draft was going to get cut down the number of rounds this year but i didn't think that there was any world it seems like the front offices really didn't want this to happen either i didn't think they'd ever go to five i think they were going to do like 10 rounds but at every level at every turn despite the like percentage-wise amount of money that they could be saved that they're saving on it Ownership is doing their absolute best to try to save as much money as possible. Now, there's reasons for that because ultimately the the economic health of their franchises is under attack like we have not seen in our lifetimes. Even the strike didn't like have – like baseball was going to come back. You know, There was going to be some agreement in place, whereas now we have a situation in the world that we have not really foreseen before, and the idea of getting large groups of people in a crowd together – is actively dangerous. And so I think that a lot of baseball owners are like being really hard line on making sure that, that any costs that could be incurred are if they, if they can cut something, they're going to cut something. And that's really unfortunate. Uh, I don't think it's a good investment in the health of the game going forward. Um, I understand. I mean, look, cuts are going to have to happen and, you know, players, are, players are going to make less, less money this year. What that looks like and how that happens. That's, that's for 
the players union and the league to figure it out. I mean, but both sides are going to make far less money. Everyone's going to be losing money. It sucks. But at the end of the day, with these with these minor leaguers, they were barely making it as it as it as it was. And the idea of having to just all of a sudden like giving them like this today's the twenty eighth, and you know, with like four or five days notice to like say never mind, we're not going to pay you for the month of June. You know, no, we, as far as we are aware, like no severance, no nothing. It's a really crummy thing to do. And I again, I didn't think there was going to be any issues with. You know them actually extending their their payments for for the month of June, but I also didn't think that there was going to be a massive wave of cuts to the minor league rosters either. But when we get back from this break from our our sponsors, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the decisions that were made today and what the fallout of that is going forward. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, guys, and we're back. So we've been talking a little bit about kind of, you know, minor leaguers are getting paid. The minor leaguers that are going to be under contract with the team are going to be paid through the month of June. But... As I reported earlier, and I assume that the rest of the beat writers will catch up before too long once the, the team makes things more official, a whole bunch of minor leaguers did get cut, not just by the Braves. And I, the, I do want to say that, that the, first of all, that the Braves were not the only team that made these decisions today. A lot of teams did. That's why I started fishing around for it. But a lot of minor leaguers got cut this, got cut today and that doesn't feel great given the situation and especially since it creates a certain level of uncertainty going forward as well. When you were kind of hearing about the minor league cuts happening uh, across the league and we just assumed that the Braves were going to be a part of that, Matt, what kind of what was your first reaction and what's kind of your thoughts about it going forward? I mean, I wasn't surprised at all that it happened. I knew it was just a matter of time because every year at the end of March you see a significant amount of cuts from every team. It usually happens much more quietly because it's just a normal thing at that point, just because you have to make room and get rid of the guys who are trying to trim away from the organization. So since that didn't actually happen in March because spring training got shut down, you're losing some of those guys now. And then on top of that, you're losing at least one minor league team in the minor league contraction so you're getting rid of some additional names that you were already going to be getting rid of anyway. I mean, it, I don't like it, but at the same time, I understand it. it. 
you're combining those two rounds of cuts into one, you're making it now fairly suddenly, trying to bury it, it seems like. But it was always going to happen, even though it's not going to be a popular decision. And you do have to feel bad for those players, especially with the timing of everything, because it's not like there's a ton of jobs out there right now and finding another job in baseball right now is not going to be easy, especially a job where you might actually make any kind of money in the near future. So it's a bad situation for everybody, but at the same time, it was something that was going to be happening sooner or later, no matter what. Uh, I agree there's a certain level of inevitability here, and there's just a few, like for those who just kind of aren't aware of this number, and again, I've heard rumors that it's as many as 50 players that that are going that either have been or are going to be released by the organization from the minor leagues. Uh, that number I haven't gotten any confirmation on. I've got a, you know I've heard a few names kind of floated around here and there, but I'm not going to report those because there's it's just there's not enough certainty surrounding it to make me feel very confident about reporting it. More importantly, I just don't think it's really an appropriate time to do that considering the situation where guys literally just got lost their jobs like a couple hours ago. So, you know, I want to be absolutely clear about this. I do not think that this is these, all these guys would be employed by the Braves if there was no pandemic and that we were having a season as normal. I think it's highly likely that not only would a lot of these guys been cut regardless, they would have actually been cut during spring training and would not have been receiving, they would not have been being paid by the Braves at all during this period of time. Now, I do not think that, however, that applies to this entire group. I think that there is a chunk of players who probably would have been trimmed, nor, trimmed normally. I also agree with Matt in that if you're, you're definitely losing, your the Florida Firefrogs and the Danville Braves are the two, uh, or minor league organizations that Matt referenced about in terms of minor league contraction. And that has been a big story across baseball over the last, I don't know, last three or four months is the kind of the idea of contracting underperforming or underperforming franchises or ones with bad, bad facilities or et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of reasons why that have gone into this. The Braves are kind of in a unique position that they can have two affiliates that are potentially in the chopping block. We don't know for sure that the final list is going to contain both of those organizations. But considering what we've kind of heard regarding the the league's thinking and as well as kind of things we know about the organization itself, that it would not be shocking if both of those organizations were on the final list. I say all that to say is that there is definitely, as a result, if you're going to lose both of those affiliates and you don't have a ready-made replacement for that, and let's say the Braves, the Braves are going to decide to operate without a high A affiliate, and it seems like like high rookie ball is the league that kind of got the biggest axe across the board, uh, whether it be you know the Appalachian League or you know other sm- you know short short rookie season leagues that are more high A fo- fo- uh, high rookie ball focused. That seems to be where a lot of the contraction happens. If that's the case, then you're going to be losing spots as a result. However, given the situation that is in place, I do think that the league is kind of taking the opportunity. The, Teams across the league, anyway, are taking this opportunity to go. Okay, well, we're going to make these cuts anyway. We're going to go ahead and make them now. Uh, in addition to, if we're if we feel pretty strongly that these are what the changes are going to be made at the minor league level for our organization, that we need to make room for this many spots. And then, 
let's see if we can trim some other fat, knowing that these are guys that we could pretty easily replace either on the minor league free agent market once everything kind of starts returning back to normal or in the, the undrafted free, the undrafted free agents from the draft coming up. If you feel like that there's talent level that you can get for that $20,000 per signing or whatever, then you can, and you can bring guys in that can replace some of the guys you'd be losing, you know, for these next couple weeks for sure. And for this next month, if you can get, lose some guys off your payroll and then bring guys in of comparable talent to kind of fill those organizational filler type roles, then maybe you should just, maybe that's just the decision that they made. Um, that's a very cold way of looking at it though, because ultimately, I mean, with that many names, there's going to be a lot of guys that in recaps that Matt, you know, Matt Garrett, myself, Garav, Aaron, you know, we've been writing in recaps these about these guys for years. And there was ne- maybe in some of these cases, they never really had a particularly high percentage outcome of making it to the major leagues. But they're guys that have provided a lot of value to the organization and through circumstances partially, you know, partially just because they weren't, they, they didn't quite have what it took to get to the, push themselves into the conversation to get to the major leagues, but also partially for circumstances beyond their control. And guys that were thinking maybe this is my one last chance to really try to prove myself all of a sudden having to think, wow, maybe I have to just retire now because, you know, signing, you know, being signed as a minor league free agent right now is going to be a nightmare. When you're competing against like an entire swath of college guys that normally would have been drafted on day two and day three, who are going to be competing for the same jobs as you are, and they're maybe maybe they're willing to try to do it for a lot less money, that's really hard. And I don't know what the easy answer to a lot of the questions that you know players are having is. I mean, it, it's not ultimately their fault, and I I hurt for them. It just sucks. Um. Yeah. Do you, I, I do want to ask you really quick too. Do you think this is like, I think that there's going to be a round of cuts starting now through next week. Do you think that there's going to be another round of cuts that's going to be really big if this drags on? I don't think so, but I think they would stop all payments in to minor leaguers before they would make a bigger round of cuts. I think that would be the more likely, even though that's not ideal. Yeah, um, I well, I think that there's just going to have to be an understanding or some sort of agreement reached regarding minor leaguers in organizations getting, even if it's not coming from the team, whether like the league stepping in or because you're just you're losing so much, such a law lo- a big loss of employee of employees. Uh, particularly if they are like there's issues regarding unemployment and things like that, that's a large chunk of the workforce that all of a sudden is just not a part of the workforce anymore. And I think that we are going to see a lot more calls and specific discussions about how to help minor leaguers who are like currently unable to, you know, that like they went from barely being able to pay pay bills to not being able to pay bills, you know, in a lot of in a lot of cases. And, you know, for the, the, the guys who got the good news this week is that they are being paid for another month. And I think you're right is that, you know, after the month of June, if we don't have baseball in place and there's, you know, there's not a season, these, those are the guys, the guys that are current in the minor leagues are the ones that are probably going to suffer the most 
because when everyone's talking about, you know, cutting costs and things like that, they're going to look to those. It's pretty clear that they were already looking to the minor leaguers as a, a source of potentially saving money, and now it looks like that they that they could be on the chopping block again. Yeah, I, I mean, there's really nothing to protect them. Right now, they're not protected with the negotiations surrounding returning to play. Right now, they have at least a little bit of reason to pay them for outside perspective because you're trying to pursue some players in the draft and through undrafted free agency. But a month from now, we're going to have, at this point, a month from now, we will know for sure if we're going to have a baseball season this year or not, I think. I think at the end of June, if they haven't agreed to a contract to actually return to the field, it's going to be reaching the point of it's not even going to be able to get a playable season out there. So this next month is going to change a lot. I think you're right to some extent. I do think, however... The important thing is that I honestly don't even think they have until the end of June to do all this, right? They, they, realistically, they have a little over two weeks because they have to still kind of get ready for spring training. They still have to kind of get guys to report, getting, getting every player kind of on board and getting them wherever they are to where they need to be. You can't just do – like if you are starting the season much past the first week of July, all of a sudden the number of games you can realistically play, especially with a possible shutdown happening in the fall in the fall over this all again, you can't just keep you know betting that everything's going to be fine and everything's going to run the way they're supposed to and that no one's going to get sick along the way. There's diminishing returns on how much longer you start in terms of starting the season. I think that at the middle of June, if we don't have an agreement, I'm not sure if we have baseball. I just don't, and that turns into a real problem because I think that the minor leaguers are going to be the ones that are going to be facing the brunt of this. Uh, well, I say the brunt of this, uh, but because everyone's going to be taking a lot, of, a lot of hits, and we're talking about a large sum of money for a lot of these other guys. My point is the guys who were really already struggling to make it, they're going to be the ones that who might have their just their lives in general and their livelihoods threatened. Whereas I like to hope and think that those at the major league level might have some money saved up. To where they can at least weather some of these losses a little bit more, a little bit better. Um, I don't know, but before we kind of wrap things up here and move on to the draft cast, do you have any kind of thoughts you want to share before we kind of move on? No, I think we've pretty much covered it. I mean, I'm just very excited to watch what unfolds in the next month or so between the draft and this very hostile negotiation between the two sides at this point. I don't think there's a better word for it than that, especially with the statements that have been leaking out from individual players here and there and what the owners are proposing, which is just simply ridiculous, considering the players are the ones taking all the risk. Yeah, I mean, I think some of that, a lot of that is just a bargaining position type thing, right? I'm not super worried about it. It's more of a I, – I think that both sides have a lot of incentives to make a, make a deal happen. So in terms of like those public – in terms of those statements, I'm not like necessarily thinking those are the lines of sand, lines in the sand that are ultimately being drawn 
for reals, if that makes any sense. I think that there's definitely going to be some real differences, though, in terms of, like, the health and safety protocols, as well as even if they can agree on a general idea of how of how to split revenues and what numbers to even to be looking at, the players are going to be wanting more access to accounting information that the owners aren't going to want to give them. And those differences in perception are what I think is going to be the biggest problem, not necessarily kind of, you know, 48% versus 49%. It's going to be what kinds of revenue is going to be split, et cetera, et cetera, because there's just a lot of mistrust on both sides. So hopefully that gets sorted out. It is going to be fascinating to watch. We are kind of living in unprecedented times. So to all of you out there, thank you all so much for the support. We're sorry we haven't been back in a while. We just haven't had a lot to talk about. But given that the draft is coming up and we have had some minor league news this week and, you know, kind of stuff that's been slowly trickling out, we did want to come and kind of cover the general news items. If you want to support the podcast, make sure you go to on Twitter at Road the Number Two Atlanta, where you can support us via Patreon if you'd so desire. Uh, but if you don't want to, it's perfectly fine. No worries. The show will continue to be completely free, and we appreciate all the support for the podcast over the years. We really appreciate it. Uh, you'll be hearing a lot more of Matt, myself, as well as Matt. In all likelihood, I'm certainly going to be on the Talking Chop podcast relatively soon to talk a bit about the draft right beforehand, and as well as after once we get all the get- the new guys into the organization. That's going to give us a lot to talk about, as well as any major newsworthy items, including how the minor leagues, minor leagues are going to be handled. Is there going to be a 2020 season? All that stuff. As those things are happening, we'll make sure we're going to cover that on this podcast, as well as over on the Talking Chops uh, podcast. And if you want to listen to this podcast, you just need to go to your whatever your podcast purveyor is and look for the Talking, to- Talking Chop stream where you'll get both the talking chop podcast as well as this one that are on the same thing really appreciate it guys and until next time we'll see you on the road